Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Definitive statement was made yesterday by the NFL to its clubs that sets the guidelines for what they expect this year. And it will absolutely impact this season and your favorite team. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN News. Bart Scott, Jason Fitz sitting in for the guys. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Goodyear hotline. And I just have to, I, I, I want to start here. I want to echo this loudly for anyone that didn't hear it earlier. This is not a political statement. We're not having a political statement. We're not turning this into a political conversation. The NFL has made a definitive statement as a company of what they expect from everybody that's a part of it. They've made that statement, we presume, in conjunction with the NFLPA because, frankly, the NFLPA has said nothing since it happened. So uh, at some point, whether or not how anybody feels about the vaccination is honestly not even part of this conversation. I want to say that loudly because whatever anybody believes, you better believe one thing. Your favorite team has now been given absolute guidelines. Absolute guidelines. And if you're not within those... It will cost your favorite team games because realistically now what we have is they've said they don't see any reason for postponement. There will be cancellations. If the cancellations are due to unvaccinated players having COVID, then it will be a forfeiture, not a uh, not, not just a forfeiture, but it will go down as a loss in the win-loss column. And the team that's responsible for the outbreak will then be responsible for any costs involved with it. These are massive statements made by the league, not just at an 85% threshold like we've heard. This is saying, hey, if it causes any sort of disruption to our way of doing business, there are real and severe penalties. So we'll get some insight from it from ESPN senior NFL reporter Jeremy Fowler. So, Jeremy, let's start with the basics. What was your reaction yesterday to the statement that came out? Well, my reaction is the show must go on. The the league has a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar business to try to protect. Uh, It it is about health and safety of the players, but ultimately they have to make sure they get all these games in. And so they're trying to be very clear uh, that we need all these teams mostly vaccinated, if not 100% vaccinated, to try to get to the finish line here and have a successful season. So I was told that 16 of the 32 teams have now hit the 85% threshold of vaccination rate which is pretty good. So I think by week one, most teams will be close. And this wouldn't be a moot point, but they'll be closer to not having to worry about forfeiting games. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where a player doesn't have to be vaccinated. Uh, but Leach is trying to make clear that there are consequences if you don't. You know, we, we know the consequences of this as well is roster construction. And, you know, when you come in, people don't realize 90 people going to training camp. You know, maybe only 53 make yeah. the team. You know, another goes to practice squad. How do we? How do you think this is going to impact, you know, the decision making of executives and general managers as far as uh, unvaccinated player versus the vaccinated player? Yeah, Bart, it's complicated, and there's going to be a lot of gray area here, I suspect, because you're already hearing about some coaches, assistant coaches, that are talking to their players, maybe guys on the roster bubble, and just sort of hinting delicately, like, hey, this is the situation. It probably helps you to be vaccinated. But uh, even from an ethical standpoint, a team officially can't and shouldn't push uh, the player to do that. Now, they can set guidelines, which they have, um, but you you can't physically force somebody to do it. And so it's this gray area that all these teams are trying to navigate and and they don't really have uh, a clear cut answer as to exactly how they should do that. I did speak to a veteran NFL player yesterday, uh, late last night, who said, look, the the, the fact that the show must go on goes both ways. For the player's side, 
you know, they love football and they love getting paid. And so at the end of the day, they'll probably make that sacrifice uh, to get this done, even if they're going to complain about it now. Yeah, and that's an interesting point, Jeremy. We're talking to Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL uh, reporter. You know, when you talk about the impact to a locker room, you're talking about forfeiture, which results in a loss, which results in the loss of game checks. I mean, at some point, what are teams doing to put an infrastructure in place that prevents what would happen if everybody starts losing millions of dollars? It feels like that could destroy a locker room. Yeah, no question. I mean, there's, there couldn't be really harsher consequences at this point. Now, this was in play in 2020. The rules were similar in the fact that, um, you know, players could lose game checks. Um, you know, but the, the, the difference is now is the forfeiture. Uh, it's a little more stringent of an overall penalty on the team and consequently the players. And so, you know, they, they want to just prevent... They know they're going to have positive tests. They have to prevent those outbreaks like what happened to the Tennessee Titans where all of a sudden you have 10 to 12 people that are quarantined for two weeks. Uh, and, you know, another question I have to see what's going to get sorted out is with players who are vaccinated, are they still going to have to quarantine for 14 days if they do test positive? So, you know, there's some, some gray area the league still needs to work through. Uh, you know, I'm told they're trying to knock this out daily, uh, but they feel like they're in a much better place than they were a year ago where it was strictly survival mode. Right now, uh, they still expect all these games to get played. And, uh, you know, you could see a similar situation where they, if, if there is a potential outbreak, we can talk about forfeiture of games. That's great. But they still want to get every 18 game, 18 weeks slate, all 17 games for each team on the schedule. So you could still see some moving around to some Tuesday or Wednesday nights that they had to because they're not going to just forfeit those games and not play them. There's too much TV revenue on the line. Uh, we're assuming that the um, NFLPA is on board with this, correct? Uh, I know most things or a lot of things have to be collectively bargained, but we haven't heard anything from the player union side. Uh, is it safe to assume that you know everybody's on board? Well, they've been in contact on this. Yeah, they've they've been involved in the discussion. Um, you know, there's the, the league can still mandate some of those things from uh, a, a front office level, um, but uh, you know the players. As far as the discussions about um, being vaccinated and, you know, potentially losing a game check, that, since that was in place last year, uh, that has carried over. And I know the PA was comfortable with that. Um, but it's not a situation where the NFL is acting unilaterally. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I know some people at the PA would prefer uh, for players not to have to lose game checks for the results of a few uh, not being vaccinated. So that, there's a lot on the line here they're trying to shake out. Jeremy, do you have any sense? Last year, one thing we talked about a lot were teams even jokingly thinking about keeping a quarterback separate from the room. I mean, knowing that forfeiture could be possible, is there some concept around teams keeping certain guys isolated? Well, not yet. I mean, I think you'll see um, it's, it's, it's hard to do that without knowing what the direct results will be. Um, but it, it, you're still going to have a quarantine process if somebody does test positive. You saw it last year with head coaches, assistant coaches, players uh, all being moved out. I, I don't think that plan is going to change right now. And I know the league officials are having a conference call with the media later today. We can get clarity on some of those issues uh, as to whether they're going to change. But right now, a lot of the protocols from last year are still in place. Uh, you guys uh, obviously want to follow him on Twitter. Jeremy, uh, we always appreciate your work, my friend. I know it's a busy, hectic time. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL reporter, getting us all of the breakdown. And uh, he was on the Goodyear hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. 
Goodyear, more driven. Uh, there's so much to break down on this, including what pressure it puts on particular players. And it raises a real question of what players should be doing. We'll get Bart's thoughts on that as a former player, especially with one massive star in the news and his reaction. You'll hear it next. It's KJZ on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM, Channel 80. Like, if the NFL was concerned at all about, like, the, the science behind the vaccine, there's no way that they would be putting any type of potential mandate. I think the fact we haven't heard from the union tells me that they signed off on this. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. John J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN News. We're coming to you live from above the Heineke River Deck at Pier 17. It's actually really beautiful. I'm, I'm not even going to lie about it. Like the, the, the water's uh, in the background. I'm sitting next to Bart Scott. Jason Fitz, Bart Scott, in for the guys. I feel like, you know. Hey, keep the Windex off the windows, man. These birds be running into it. Oh, that, is, that is the worst. So, uh, all right, we're going to let you guys start chiming in on the show. By the way, Triple Eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who's the biggest threat to the Bucks to win the Super Bowl? I'm going to be honest with you. Mike Tannenbaum's coming on with us in a little bit on the uh, Goodyear hotline. Uh, that's in note because we, we may or may not have had some issues with one of Mike's takes earlier, and we've been getting texts. Like so, uh, the, the trash talk is happening already. Flame. I mean, it, it it's happening. So we'll let you guys chime in uh, as the show goes on. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Who's the biggest threat to the Bucks to win the Super Bowl? Anybody calls and says the Raiders, they automatically get through. Bart, let's just let me live in a moment. All right. So the big news of the day in the NFL is obviously related to the memo that they've sent out to teams explaining what the COVID nineteen protocols will be, what the vaccination policies will be of note as we. We've been talking about all morning. If an unvaccinated player causes an outbreak that causes a game to be postponed, it won't be postponed this year like it was in the past. It'll be forfeited. It'll be a loss in the uh, loss column for the team uh, that caused the uh, forfeiture. And also nobody gets paid. So uh, a bunch of different ramifications and the team responsible for the forfeiture would be responsible for any costs incurred. So you're talking about a lot of direct things that have happened from this and it caused DeAndre Hopkins 
to react. And now, I don't know why you'd ever tweet, then delete a tweet, because it just doesn't work. Like, the world doesn't forget what you tweet. But, uh, I hope they didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, like that wasn't screenshot in like three seconds. Then you got to answer even more questions. But he took to Twitter uh, yesterday in reaction to all of this and said, quote, Never thought I would say this, but being in a position to hurt my team because they don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future in the at NFL. I like the fact that he added them. Like, mm. So he's talking directly to them. Uh, also tweeted out freedom, question mark, uh, then tweeted out, by the way, I got about nine more years in me. Uh, Y'all have a okay. good day. So, okay. you know. so, so that means somebody was like, oh, well, you ain't going to make your money. And they're like, don't worry, I can come back and make this money in nine years. But who's to say that this won't be the protocol next year, too? Yeah, I mean, and, and that comes to like what you said earlier. Maybe there needs to be an opt-out solution. But I think that we – this is a time where every fan – and fans have changed in the last generation part. Like, when I was a kid – when I was a kid, you know, I'm an yeah. old man. When I was a kid, you know, I remember having – like, I, I watched the Raiders games when there was only a 10-minute ticker on NBC that gave you the score every 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, you actually couldn't watch games out of market. Like, you, I, I would run to the corner store every Friday and Monday to get the USA Today so I could read the article about what happened because that was my only shot. NFL primetime was the only way to see highlights. Like, it was a different world. Nobody really thought about your GM, right? Teams didn't think about team presidents. Uh, Fans didn't think about that stuff. Now, fans are constantly looking, not just at their coaching staffs, but at their GMs. And I think that's an important part of this. Like, right now, more than ever, knowing roster construction is going to be a big deal. I feel like teams better make sure that they've got Everything in line on who they're keeping, why they're keeping them, making sure that they put themselves in the right situation to have sort of a backup list of players. Yeah. But is it, this has to be a determining factor, right? You talk about also you know, having that list. You know, they have that free agent list, players available list. Every general manager has a board. So if somebody goes down, you lose somebody, you, you can replace the roster spot. But, you know, it's crazy because I can see them maybe instead of saying, hey, this guy caused the outbreak, just cut the guy, right? You know, like, he didn't work with me, nothing to see here, right? But, you know, it, you got to be careful with things like that because I can remember one year when, you know, the Ravens were trying to create a roster spot so they cut Trevor Price, right? And then Trevor Price got cut, but they were going to bring him back on Tuesday. It's like one of, th- one of these things that they do in the NFL all the time. Like, hey, man, we, we kind of shortened one of these positions. We love you. We're going to cut you for a week. You go stay in the hotel. Don't go anywhere. We'll sign you back on Tuesday. Well, Rex, Rex gets a call from, from, uh, from Trevor. Trevor calls. Rex signs him. And then every player during your career one time can double dip, meaning that you can get paid by both organizations at one wow. time. You know what I mean? So watch like you know, little slick things like that where you know if you feel like you have a player that's not vaccinated, you, you kind of cut them, you leave them unprotected, and other teams start to like sign it, your players away, especially if it's a good player. Even if you don't need them, if he's exposed like that, you go out and you take them. Yeah, because if he's a good player, even if you sign him and you realize that you have to quarantine him for two weeks while yeah. he gets to the COVID process, you don't have to pay. His, yeah. You don't have to pay a salary. It's pay still paid by the team because if you're a veteran in the league in the opening day roster and you get cut or released, they still have to pay you for the entire year. That's where the double dipping comes in. And that's such an important point every year when you hit training camp. I think we got to remind everybody that the part of the reason you see some of the cuts you see right at the end of camp is because a team knows they're on the hook for your entire salary for the year. If yeah. they sign you after the league year starts, right, a couple of days later, then it's you're week, week to week, to week yeah. right? So, like, it gives them the opportunity to, to sort of shuffle the roster more. It, it makes a lot of sense, you know, but realistically, from a player's standpoint, if you're somebody, even from a GM standpoint, if you're looking at your roster saying, man, this guy isn't vaccinated, like, 
I, I, I'm not saying that you, you that, bring something. You bring up a great point, right? Because who's to say like, hey, you have a veteran that's making a lot of money, but he's not vaccinated, and you may cut him and make him miss the first game, and then sign him back. That way, it's week to week, so you can get outside of his salary in case he, you know, he causes an outbreak. Yeah, I, it feels like. Well, I'm. I, I mean, look, certain stars are going to be insulated no matter what, but. The other side of it to me is it feels like a tiebreaker. Like, you know, you never want to give a GM a tiebreaker reason to go against you. And yeah. it, it, it realistically feels like that's part of it. I should stress, by the way, the protocols that are in place are also in place for front offices, for coaches. Uh, virtually all of the coaches, I think <laughs> they said, have been shall, vaccinated. Shall we call this the Raven rule? <laughs> yeah. as the strip yeah. coach caused a massive outbreak in the Ravens facility last year. I mean, and that's the sort of thing that, again, I think that's part of why they've put all these pieces in place, you know. Yeah. But I, I keep looking at, and, and only because he's vocal about it, Sam Darnold has been vocal about not wanting to get vaccinated. Whatever anyone thinks of that one way or the other, I'm looking at a guy that has this new opportunity in Carolina and I'm looking at a guy that's coming in and saying, invest in me, make me the, the future of the franchise. And now I'm also looking at a guy that could, you know, whether intended or not cause an outbreak. And then all of a sudden you could be looking at a forfeiture and all of a sudden you're looking at in today's world with a seven, 17 playoff in each conference yeah. and 17 games. Like if you're the Panthers, that one loss that you took as a forfeiture could have yeah. tremendous significance. Like, these are the things that are now added to the conversation. You know, and, and this is where the coaches and the organizations are probably going to go. They're going to go to the leaders on the team. They're going to go to the leaders of the team because you need that peer pressure, but you need to have those real conversations about just speaking to people man-to-man because everybody in there has a mortgage, you know, car payments. They have other people that depend on them. So you, if you come at them like that as a head coach, if you come at them like that as a general manager, it's a little different from a teammate pulling you to the side like, hey, man, listen, we, listen I understand, you know, what you feel, but we're protecting your family. You, you make your case, right? So now this activates the politicians in the locker room. I cannot imagine a locker room where somebody making epic money loses a game check because a oh. practice squad player, a backup lineman oh. or whatever. He got to go. Oh, like that, that that's the sort like we talked about the fracture in locker room caused in the NBA when yeah. the outbreak started. This feels like that tenfold. I mean, if, if an entire group is going to lose cash because one person when they figure out where an outbreak came from, God forbid, <laughs> that would be oof. Uh, it's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Bart Scott, Jason Fitz sitting in for the guys. We're asking you to chime in. Who's the biggest threat to the Bucks this season to win the Super Bowl? Roy in Virginia. Thanks for calling the show. Roy, what do you got? I think a healthy San Francisco 49ers can give the Buc- Buccaneers a problem. Um, 49ers was just in the Super Bowl, and they had an injury, uh, in- plenty of injuries last year. Um, but a healthy 49ers, I believe, can take them down. Um, they had a great draft as well. They revamped the offensive line. The defensive line would take the pressure off the secondary and uh, Mike Shanahan, his play calling um, is amazing. Uh, with the weapons they got, you know, I believe they could take them down. Did, did you Thanks not, for the call, uh, man. I appreciate and, it. And, and did you not listen to what Fitz said yesterday about paying any player at the top of the market? The can't, number can't one? do it. And how many players? Now we got Warner 
And you have Kittle, Williams, I think. Kittles, Williams. So yeah. they they disqualified themselves just by the analytics. So I don't even have to go in depth with the analysis on that one. Yeah. He told us yesterday that he it was no chance. Over the last five years, the only player that's been the top paid at his position that's won a Super Bowl was Rob Gronkowski. And he doesn't play for the 49ers. So I feel like that's just proof positive the 49ers aren't going to win at all. Although I do think the 49ers, uh, and I'll go back to their draft and give them a little credit, you know, for all the conversation about Trey Lance and uh, their decisions there. I think they've done a nice job of building a Super Bowl caliber roster, and now they've given themselves a quarterback of today and a quarterback of the future. I mean, yeah. that, they're playing chess. Yeah. What, what, what gives them the, what gives them the, an advantage and why I can agree a little bit is because their physicality. Right, their run game is tremendous. They just wear you down, and Kittle was almost like having another tackle. Could you imagine, like, basically having Kittle next to Williams and running left? Like the advantage that you can get to the next level, being able to combo block with a guy that doesn't need help combo blocking, and being able to seal like your linebacker or your safety coming down. Like you know, they 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 have a luxury in that regard. But at the end of the day, I don't trust the quarterback, and I don't know if Trey Lance is ready. So when I have you know question marks about that division, and it's like, okay, well, what's the determining factor? Uh, it's going to be the quarterback, and I'll take Matthew Stafford before I take Jimmy G. Kittle is so good. Someday he'll almost be as good as Darren Waller. All right, uh, 888-ESPN, <laughs> 888 I always get it in. You know that. Uh, James in Delaware, who do you think the biggest threat is to the Buccaneers? Well, I wanted to change it up and you got, um, and actually talk about the Chiefs and the biggest threat to the Chiefs, actually. Okay. I believe a lot of people are a little high on the Chiefs, but I am – think a lot of people aren't are underestimating the Indianapolis Colts that defense uh, has been getting very very good with a lot of young players the offense last year we had Philip Rivers old couldn't do too much couldn't throw too much he and we still won 11 games went to the playoffs almost won the division I just think that's a team that a lot of analysis are just not looking at uh, into as a big threat this year. Well, I picked them to win the division. Uh, I just don't know if they are ready to play with the big boys yet. Maybe it takes a season or two for them to find a rhythm. But I thought it was interesting that T.Y. Hilton had an opportunity to be signed by the Baltimore Ravens, and he chose to go back a team that we knew was a legitimate threat. Uh, he decided to go back, so that tells you his belief and playing for the Colts and what he believes their chances are. So I'll be a nerd for a second, um, as always. A second? Uh, yeah, I know, really. Phillip Rivers last year uh, completed 68% of his passes for 4,100 yards, 24 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I agree. Phillip wasn't necessarily spectacular, but I don't know what you're expecting from Carson Wentz if you think there's going to be a massive uptick from that. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm expecting MVP um, Carson Wentz. Listen, I'm high. I think he's going to be comfortable. He's out of the. You might be high if you're expecting Carson. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did? There. Well, well, you know, he, you know, he, he's out of that media market, right? He feels comfortable when he looks at that 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 coaching staff. He's going to see a familiar face. And the guy that believes in him has the most power, and he's the head coach. He's going to put him in a position to do what he does well. He's going to be in a scheme and a system. So I don't, I don't think it's going to have to be a filling out process for him. You know, he's going to maybe have to get some chemistry with his receivers. But the fact that he's not picking himself off the turf fifty times like he did last year is going to make him feel emboldened. And we know that. Listen, I mean, he he reminds me of an Andrew Luck, right? With healthy, he can be Andrew Luck, and I think he can give Andrew Luck type of productivity there with a much improved defense and a great offensive line. We know what will happen for Carson Wentz in his career if he doesn't play well. My question is, what does all of it do to the shine around Frank Reich 
if he doesn't play well because that's somebody that gets so much, rightfully so, benefit of the doubt in his work with quarterbacks. But, you know, you can look at it and say, okay, how many times do, does he get to roll the dice on who yeah. the quarterback's going to be before we start to say, okay, this well, is a very talented – like Chris Ballard, the GM for the Colts, has done a nice job of yeah. building a really good roster – they need to have their quarterback in place. Otherwise, they're going to get stuck at some point with a good team that yeah. just doesn't have – and to your point, if you don't have a quarterback, yeah. you don't have anything. Yeah, you get caught in the middle, right? And, and, and they, they, they were in the middle because Andrew Luck shocked them by walking away, and, and they had to you know, replan, and they've done a great job. I mean, Phillip Rivers was a great bridge quarterback. They identified that Jacoby Brissett wasn't it. Carson Wentz is a franchise quarterback. I mean, I would say he's a franchise quarterback with what he showed us in the beginning of his career, injuries and, and maybe a lack of confidence and it's kind of set them back. I think when you see the level of, of greatness we've seen at some point, there's just a belief that you can recapture that greatness. But we've also seen a lot of bad from Carson Wentz. That's going to be, I mean, that's such a roll of the dice. That's an all or nothing proposal because Carson Wentz is either going to be very good, I think, or very bad. You guys can keep chiming in. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Tell us who you think the biggest threat is to the Buccaneers. We'll continue to let you guys chime in throughout the course of the show. But Aaron Rodgers, not calling out anyone in the Packers front office by name. That's not stopping someone else from doing it. We'll get to that after SportsCenter. SportsCenter right now. The NFL released a memo yesterday detailing its plan for dealing with COVID outbreaks this upcoming season. Notably, if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18-week season due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with the loss. However, of note, a game can be postponed by requirement of government authorities or medical experts or at the discretion of the commissioner. Let's move on to some news in Major League Baseball. It's trading season! The Tampa Bay Rays... Remember, they reached the World Series last year, made the first major acquisition of the MLB trade season by acquiring former Twins DH Nelson Cruz. Cruz's 19 home runs tied for second most among designated hitters this season. The Rays' DH production has been bad, 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 bad this year. The Rays have gotten just 13 home runs combined from that position. Hopefully, this helps. Moving on to some hardwood. 17-year-old guard Mikey Williams has signed a deal with Excel Sports Management on the back of his more than 5 million followers across multiple social media platforms. Williams, the number 7 overall prospect in ESPN's Top 100 for the class of 2023. That's right, class of 2023. He's the first prep basketball star to sign with a major sports representation representation agency to pursue name, image, and likeness endorsements and sponsorships. Sports Center. Brought to you by Goodyear. Movement is always driving us forward, whether it's on the track, the court, or the field. Every move we make, every road we choose to go down, and every single mile marker we pass leads us to find out just how far we can go. Goodyear, more driven. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN News. Bart Scott, Jason Fitz, in for the guys. Again, we're going to let you chime in a little later. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Who's the biggest threat to the Bucks coming in to this season to win the Super Bowl? We should clarify the Buccaneers, not the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks to win the Super Bowl. But in the meantime, we have all sorts of drama across the NFL right now that we need to get you ready for. So we are joined now on the Goodyear Hotline by our buddy Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst. Uh, Ryan, look, who needs to talk about at this point, you know, the, the Mount Rushmore of sports when we can just talk about the Packers and uh, everything <laughs> going on with Aaron Rodgers every day. So how do you see all of this playing out at this point? I mean, I don't really know. 
I mean, it's like asking someone how do you see their relationship playing out because personal feelings are involved. And this isn't about contracts. This isn't about careers. This isn't about legacy. This is about about two individuals or one individual feeling like individuals in the organizations have done things contrary to what he feels is best for him. And because of that, he won't do things or he won't play football and allow those people to look good in those decisions. And so there is no way that we can say how those things are going to play out. This is the same reason you don't get into a fight between two friends or you don't get into a fight between a couple, right? Because when you step into that fight, it's liable that you're going to get jumped (laughs) because eventually they realize, nah, we like each other more than we like you. And so we're going to sit on the side. We're going to watch this happen. Um, Aaron Rodgers is petty enough to sit at his house. Are the Green Bay Packers, or is, is Brian Gunekis, is, is Mark Murphy, are they hum- humble enough to say publicly, you know what, we made a mistake. We want Aaron. We didn't do the right things. Aaron is right to be upset. Now we have to make it right. Maybe that's a start into reconciliation, but until then, I believe Aaron Rodgers is going to sit at his house. Well, right now you can say all the leverage is in the – um, on the side of the Green Bay Packers. But if Jordan Love gets to the first or second preseason game and he's stinking it up, then the advantage you would think would go to Aaron Rodgers. Now, understanding that they don't want to um, trade him because if they trade him, they can't get assets that can help them this year, can help them next year as far as you talk about the draft capital. Like, how do you see this playing out, and when do you see Aaron Rodgers maybe reporting to camp or not reporting to camp? At what point do you get concerned? Because is it, what comes first, the money or the, or the compromise? I think the compromise has to come first. And no, and maybe what happens is, though, Bart, Aaron Rodgers sits out maybe not only preseason but two regular season games. And throughout those two regular season games, the Green Bay Packers are terrible. Right, Jordan Love isn't good. This offense isn't moving the football. They're losing. And now the world sees the Green Bay Packers like that, and Aaron Rodgers can come be the savior. If Aaron Rodgers is the savior, maybe now we look at Brian Gunekis and Mark Murphy differently and say, you know what, you really did mess it up. The only reason this team is even good is because of Aaron Rodgers' greatness. Maybe it's that level of consideration, that level of recognition, that Aaron Rodgers needs, that, nah, this isn't working because of the, the decisions that these people are working. This works because of me. But only Aaron Rodgers knows that. And I think we've been trying to figure this thing out for the entire season and or for the entire offseason, and we've just been playing ourselves because you just can't know because if making you the highest-paid quarterback or the highest-paid player in history can't fix it, then what can? And only Aaron Rodgers knows that. We're talking to Ryan Clark, our ESPN NFL analyst on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Jason Fitz, Bart Scott sitting in for the guys. So let's switch gears to another team that is in camp right now, RC. Uh, we're going to be talking to Ryan Tannenbaum in just a little bit. We've got a little bit of a yeah. text battle going on with him. He thinks the Cowboys are the biggest threat in the NFL for the Super Bowl to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, arm me with something here. Like, where, What are your thoughts on the Cowboys? Oh, man. Not that. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the, the Cowboys have so much to fix, right? And, you know, we talk about this offense all the time, and we talk about these weapons. They only had one win with Dak Prescott at quarterback, even throughout that time. And that was because 
you know, the Atlanta Falcons sat around an onside kick and had a kumbaya or they had a seance (laughs) or they had some sort of fire meeting and they wanted to make sure that they were all warned by the football. And that's how they got the onside kick and they eventually win. And so it's not like this offense was scoring points at at very important moments, but they were racking up points when they were behind and they could play a certain brand of ball. You can't play that brand of ball this year because you realize that your defense, in the words of one great man, couldn't stop a nosebleed. And so if you couldn't do that now, what you got to do is keep your defense off the field, right? So Ezekiel Elliott, who people say is back in shape, who says who they say is motivated, didn't go to Cabo this offseason. He needs to be the bell cow of this team. This team needs to be a run-first team, move to play action, not only to score points, but to keep that defense off the field. And now, Dan Quinn, can you come and make a difference where Mike Nolan couldn't? Do those new young draftees on the outside, does Keanu Neal, does KZ, do these new guys coming in make a difference? This team has so many questions to answer that. We can't possibly say that they're the biggest threat in the NFL to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Like, are we serious? So you think this team has a better roster than the Cleveland Browns? This team has a better roster than the Kansas City Chiefs? Hell, the Kansas City Chiefs got Patrick Mahomes. Don't nobody believe that. No. What you can say is they should win the NFC East, even with the defense of the Washington team being as good as it is, because I just don't know if any team's ever been a Ryan Fitzpatrick away from getting over the hump. But to say that this team is already competing to be one of the top teams in the NFC or one of the top challengers in the NFC is crazy. But hasn't that been the same crazy talk we've surrounded the Dallas Cowboys with for the last quarter century? And for the last quarter century, they've sold a hell of a lot of jerseys, and no Super Bowl tickets because they ain't been there. I tell you what, this is the first of many outlandish statements that Tannenbaum has made, and I, I can't believe that I'm the one that's coming to a Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> defense, right? I mean, he's so bold. He thinks that that Ben Roethlisberger, fifth on the list of all time in passing, is going to get benched and replaced by Dobbs or Tooth the Truth Haskins. Like, I can't believe that I'm the one that has to sit up here and tell <laughs> – I tell, tell, tell the world. Bart Scott, Bart Scott, Bart Scott. Did you just call this man Tooth the Truth? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Tooth the Truth Haskins, baby. Am I contractually, am I contractually obligated to finish this segment? Because I, I just can't right now. <laughs> you know but, but, ben, but Ben Roethlisberger, right, last year coming off with the – I don't know if he had like a Tommy John type of surgery. Right, we understand that when pitchers go through like a Tommy John surgery, it's usually like 18 months. They usually put on an innings uh, restriction. But Big Ben pushed through, and I think he threw the ball too much. And maybe he lost a little speed off his fastball. But I expect – Ben to be a much better throw of the ball down the field this year. I believe that one thing I know about the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? They don't worry about losing great players, right? I know they lost Pouncey, but at one time they lost Plesco Burst, and they lost Antonio Holmes, they lost Antonio Brown, they lost Joey Porter, they lost um, James Harrison, and they just keep on moving. So I, I never doubt that they probably have somebody in their farm system because they develop talent. But is Tannenbaum crazy by believing that he believes that, that, that Ben Roethlisberger is not just going to get benched, but also thinking that he's done and the Steelers aren't a legitimate threat in this, in this um, conference to win it? Well, I think I think that it's it's crazy to think that he could get benched. And you know what I was thinking about um, before I came on? I was getting ready for a get up. Ben Roethlisberger had thirty three touchdowns and ten interceptions last year. And what we're saying is, is is midway through the season he's going to get benched. Obviously he's no longer ascending, right? Ben Roethlisberger's not ascending, but we're saying he's going to get benched. Justin Herbert had thirty one touchdowns and ten interceptions. 
and we think he might win the MVP, or people feel like he's that type of caliber player. See, that that tells you how the perception of a person or what we feel kind of taints the numbers at times. Like, we forget the, the, the explosive game against the Philadelphia Eagles early on in the season. We forget that the Tennessee Titans in a COVID outbreak took away the Pittsburgh Steelers bye week. And listen, throughout the season, I was as hard on them as anybody. You know, I, I, I thought the 11-0 and 0 was fool's gold. But you add Najee Harris, you get Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator, you're going to go with some creativity, you're going to have a running back that you feel like upgrades you at that spot in talent, and you have a quarterback that has been there, done that, that is extremely tough, and it wasn't necessarily that they didn't try that that they didn't push the ball down the field because of inaccuracies or because of arm strength. They went to a different plan because they couldn't run the football nor protect. And so we're going to see that if they can make some adjustments early on in the season, how that affects this team going down the stretch or what or what's now a 17 game season. Mike Tomlin has always had an answer. He had an answer when his quarterback's name was Duck. We called a grown man duck, and Mike Tomlin didn't have a losing season with him being a part of a quarterbacking duo that I would never want to quarterback my little league team. And so I think we have to kind of sit back, watch Ben Roethlisberger work with these new group of individuals with a skill set or a set of skilled players that can really go in a defense that is championship caliber. We can't count the Steelers out just yet. Guys, follow him on Twitter at RealClark25. Watch him across all of our NFL coverage. And be sure to check out DC and RC, a unbelievably good MMA show uh, that he's a part of. Ryan Clark, appreciate you, RC. Have a great week, buddy. RC, you can use Tooth to Truth, too, man. You can, we can share it. <laughs> I got to get that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Saving your bundle, auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. So... Will Aaron Rodgers show up to camp on Tuesday? We'll hear what a former teammate has to say about it next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on smart speakers. All you got to do is say play ESPN Radio. The MLB trade deadline is next week. The Rays made a huge trade for slugger Nelson Cruz, and making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN News. Bart Scott's shimmying next to me. I'm Jason Fitz. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Oh, never mind. I want him in a versus, man. Are we going to do like Outcast versus Migos. What up? I, I think you and you, me, karaoke night. Let's go. 
Hammer time. Let's that's, do it. Oh, okay. That's where we're going. All right. I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I'm all in for that. All right. You heard it. You know what's coming. It's time for some Take It or Shake It brought to you by Granger. Evan, you ready to take over? I am. And the first one's going to be Aaron Rodgers. We just talked about it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers shows up to Packers camp on Tuesday when they report. Take it or shake it. Shake it! Shake, shake, shake it! Don't break it. Took him up. No, no, I'll tell you what. There's no way that he's showing up, man. This guy's guy. He's 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 dug in. He's dug in. There's no way that he he's going this far. There's no way that he's going to give up that soon. He's going to let everybody say, "Hey, this is who you guys want." Go ahead. This really? You talk about Tom Brady saying, "Oh, really? You want to go with this guy?" What do you think the hell A A Ron is saying? Hey, uh, A-Ron. Hey, uh, A-Ron, I'm going to shake it too. Evan, you made the question too easy. I, I'll go a step farther. I, I think the Packers are equally as stubborn and dug in. I don't think he's going to be offered the opportunity to play anywhere else. I wouldn't be surprised to see Aaron Rodgers not play football this year. Let's find out what a former teammate thinks. Jermichael Finley, former Packers tight end on Freddie and Fitzsimmons last night. Will Rodgers show up to training camp? We got the James Jones and the uh, John Coons and the Hawks having his back and then uh he's he's gonna be at the Packers. Uh them them guys, them Aaron Rodgers guys, if you feel what I'm saying. Right. Wow. The Rodgers I know and the character I know, I think he's he's gonna he's, he's not gonna play. Thoughts? Uh, look, I, I agree. It's on brand, right? It's on brand, right? We 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 have this perception of Aaron Rodgers and a lot of times, perception is reality, and I believe that you know the reality is a Aaron is going to be dug in, man. Watch out, Pat Sajak. All right, here we go. <laughs> Texas and Oklahoma will go to the SEC. Take it or shake it. I'm gonna take it. I'll take that all day. I don't think take it's it. gonna be immediate. Take it. It's not immediate, but it happens. Yeah, it's gonna take a few years for the details to be worked out. But yeah, I think we're about to see mega conferences that look different. And college football in five years is gonna look nothing like it does today. Yep, they're gonna go to the upper room with the elite eight. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what it is. And everybody's, you know, every man or every uh, collegiate school or university for yourself. Just one more reminder that Vandy's still in the SEC, though. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> wow. We saw when do they kick them out? <laughs> we saw our first big Major League Baseball deal of the uh, trade deadline season. So, Bart, Chris Bryant will be a Met before the trade deadline. Take it or shake it? Uh, shake it. No, yeah. Yeah, shake it. Shake it. Shake, shake, it. It. shake it. Yeah, shake it. Shake it. J.D. Davis is playing too well at third base. I don't think he really fits for them what their needs are. They need maybe a – a power bat at somebody outside, I know, or maybe a shortstop, you know, with Lindor going to be out with the oblique for a little while. So I'm going to shake that one. I think he's a great player, but I don't think he fits their roster right now. Yeah, I'm also going to shake it. Cost a ton of money also. Not that that's a big deal for the Mets, and it would take a ton to get him. I don't know that they really look at risk-reward and see that it makes sense. I shake it. Speaking of uh, Chicago baseball, tune into an interleague battle tomorrow night as the Brewers host the White Sox. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This MLB weekend preview is brought to you by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Credit Karma uh, credit karma money. Progress starts here. It's not that easy. Fitz, uh, by the way, I didn't get a shake it voice. I said shake it. Nobody shaked it. Shake it, shake it. We, only do it, for, we only do it for the first one. Play along. Listen to the show sometime. The Lakers <sighs> add another fits, star this offseason. Take it or shake it. Take it! Take it! Take it! 
listen, they cannot go with, you know, and think that they're going to win a championship as constituted. The rest of the West is going to continue to get better. I think it's legitimate when you start hearing that they want either Brody or Chris Paul. I don't think Chris Paul is attainable. I think they're going to try and make a really big move for uh, Brody, and it's going to cost them a Kuzman. Yeah, I don't think they'd, they'd be mad about that cost. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, see ya. Um, yeah, I'm going to take it, but uh, I'm also a little bit like, I mean, what's a star? Like, I don't know. At this level is – A three. They yeah, lost I three. Mean, Westbrook's a star. Yeah, yeah, but does it make Chris them – Paul's a star. Is Bradley it going to make Beals them the best? I mean, I think Russ is the, the viable solution. Does it make him the best team in the West? No. So this is the thing, right? If, if they're talking about, you know, Russ, then what about Bill? Because if Bill's like, man, y'all going – I'm about to lose another star. Y'all about to put this all on me? No, nah, I'm out too. Yeah, Peace. I mean, if Bill's out and goes over there, that I, I like that addition much more than I like – any of the other ones. That's so. uh, Take It or Shake It, brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Dra- Granger is always there to help. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Fitz, back to you. You know, you got you to look into the mic when you talk, Evan. Otherwise, we can't hear you. We're going to battle with Mike Tannenbaum next. We've been waiting for it all morning. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio.